0: Taxes and playoffs. Every one of them certain to raise, or at least stop the heart, but each one part and parcel of a life and love. And what is life without love? This is the Totally Football League Show. I'm Caroline Barker, which can only mean one thing. Matt and Ian weren't available. And the Fantastic Four are back together. So introducing our Mr. Fantastic. This was actually hard fought over, wasn't it, Producer Abby? But thanks to his acceptable attendance record, he steals the title. It's Adrian Clark.
1: Ah, oh, Thank you. I'm a little bit croaky though today, but maybe I should have pulled out. I don't know, but I wanted to keep up my really? team.
0: Atten- no. no. Uh, the man who lights up our world like no one else, the Human Torch of Sam Parkin. <laughs>
2: Good morning. Didn't you go, you went to Centre Parks or something one week this season? Yeah.
0: It's not
1: an unblemished missed, record. No, it's definitely not unblemished,
0: no. What's your favourite thing to do at Centre Parks? Oh. I quite like those side-by-side bikes.
1: The rapids. Is all it? Day, yeah, all day long, yeah.
0: They're not that rapid though, are they?
1: Well, they're rapid enough Perfect for me.
0: A bit, a bit round in the uh, lazy river. <laughs> and Joe Crilly, you can either be The Thing or Invisible Woman. What would you like?
3: I'll be The Thing.
0: Not Invisible Woman, because I've heard your Snapchat turn you into woman. It's quite attractive.
3: I wouldn't go that far.
0: For those that don't know, there's there's some app that's down with the kids where people are, are changing their gender via snap of the chat. And Joe Crilly has become a woman. We might tweet this later, but let's get initial responses and commentary from Sam Parkin and Adrian Clark.
2: I saw Sam Allardyce this morning. That yeah, rather attractive. <laughs> <Wow>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I sent it to my mum and she doesn't quite get technology. She she said, "Who is it?" I said, "It's me." and she said well there's no beard Uh, whoever it is she looks like me when I was younger (laughs) I said that's because I'm your son it's me and she was like What's her name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, Are you uh... cheating?
3: That was all going to come out then, wasn't it? I'd have been very nice know. about your mother there, then, have not
0: I? Yes. <laughs> or maybe a little bit creepy. Um, speaking of a little bit creepy, Bolton have gone into administration. Next season, League One, 12-point deduction. There is maybe hope on the horizon? Some Chinese invested and other such I've heard.
3: Yeah, I mean, all the gossip has been very tentative pretty much all season about who's going to take over the club. So... Whilst last week I was willing to give Mr Bassini the uh, benefit of the doubt, I think I'm going to take this with a pinch of salt until it's made a little bit more concrete. The the, the chat is that it's a company called Shandong, uh, who I believe own a club in China already, and um, their idea is to bring in Sam Allardyce as manager, uh, which I think most Bolton fans, I, I would say 95% of Bolton fans, would absolutely be on board with. I am one of those. But whether he'd come in with a 15-point or more deduction next season, who knows?
0: So generally happier, even though there's administration and point deduction, than you would have been?
3: Administration got Ken Anderson out of the club. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm more than happy with that.
0: We will get to the playoffs in just a moment, but Brighton apparently want Graham Potter to become their new manager after the, some might say, what were they thinking, sacking of Chris Houghton. Would you go for yeah. Graham
1: Potter? Uh, yeah, I can absolutely see why they would go for him. He would be different, that is for sure. He's definitely more attack-minded. What I've liked about him is his tactical variety. So those Seagulls fans that are a little bit bored of uh, 4-4, 1-1 and sitting players behind the ball wouldn't see that from Potter. And, and Potter's been brilliant for, for Swansea, I think, on a, on a really limited budget. I'd, I'd feel for the Swans yeah. because I, I kind of see a bit of Norwich in them. With Potter at the helm, just a little bit more money, some smart recruitment this summer, keep him. I think they can definitely get into the playoff picture, but it does look like they might lose him.
0: Yeah, word has it, they're meeting today Tuesday as we record this. The tweeting Seagull writes to at the Totally show. Which club should snap up Houghton surely he's bound for the top end of the championship.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a fair shout. Just thinking on the way in this morning I thought QPR might be a nice fit. I know Warburton's got that job, but obviously Chris Houghton's great working with young players. Knows Les Ferdinand as well from their time at Tottenham. But I think his stock's probably a bit higher than that. So let's wait and see what happens at Middlesbrough, at West Brom yeah. as well. And certainly if Neil Warnock decided not to continue or maybe Huddersfield had a change as well, that they'd be two that he could probably walk into as well. So I'm in agreement with that tweet. I think he definitely deserves another shot, probably at a top championship club.
0: See, the the borough chat is that they're just letting Pulis' contract run out and then he's off. Is he the style of football that they might like?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's it's all right. I mean, I mean it's it's hard to tell because Chris Hewton, it's needs must in the Premier League, isn't it? He, he's had to be defensive. What I saw from Brighton at Arsenal, actually, once the shackles were off, were much more encouraging. They really went for it. They played a lovely lovely counter-attacking game that day. He's not always played this sort of defensive brand. It would be an upgrade in terms of what they see on the eye. But he's certainly not adventurous. I don't think Chris Hewton has ever been... Described as bold or enterprising, if that's what they're after, maybe Graham Potter would be the shout.
0: He's a brilliant man, tis Chris Hewton, and he sniffers on anything, Joe.
3: As soon as the news came out that Chris Hewton was leaving Brighton, uh, he immediately became second favourite for the West Brom job. Michael Appleton heads the market at 2-1, Chris Hewton 4-1 to one, and Jimmy Shan 8-1 to one in that market, and Graham Potter 1-7 to seven to get the Brighton job.
1: All I'll say on Chris Hewton is that he spent an awful lot of money on a lot of rubbish that he didn't end up playing. And I think that's... That when people are saying it's really harsh, I do see that. But I also see if I was the owner and I'd given him how much money he gave him, I, I don't think i had been happy with the return. So, so whoever does employ him, I think will maybe be smart to have a, a good head of recruitment alongside him.
0: An awful lot of money on a lot of rubbish. Should that be the title of our podcast this season? Let's move on then to the playoffs.
4: You're listening to the Totally Football League Show in association with William Hill.
0: So the championship we had then with certain caveats. Namely, if you're listening to this before our predictions, then we're all brilliant. If you're listening to it during, uh, turn us off and watch the football. And if you're listening to it after the games, we were kidding, right? As we speak on a Tuesday then, we're a few hours away from West Brom looking to turn around at a 2-1 first leg deficit from Villa. A full day from Frank Lampard's derby heading to Leeds a goal down. Let's start with Villa 2, West Brom 1, Controversy Part 1. Had a little bit of everything in
2: this one. It did. I felt that West Brom defensively set up really impressively and would have been absolutely delighted to have nicked a goal. Obviously mm. a mistake by Glenn Whelan. I saw someone criticising Jack Grealish for his weight of pass last night. I mean, <laughs> it just ran under Whelan's foot. So potentially Dean Smith maybe got that one wrong. It's easy to say in hindsight who hand coming on and, and having such a good impact. But credit West Brom for setting up. But just when they got that goal, they got deeper and deeper. Back five. A line of three really with Rodriguez just in and around Dwight Gale. So they try to, you know, nick the one the nil really to take back to the Hawthorns, but you know, Credit Villa again coming back. How many times have we seen it from a from a deficit yeah. and, and Grealish being the man once more after a really indifferent first half from his standards?
0: The real stinkers Dwight Gale though, could have yeah. missed the, the
1: second. Yeah, it's a disaster, isn't it? It really is. What was he doing? Um, well, he was going for the ball. It was just a bad decision, wasn't it? When you're on a yellow card, no, I, I do. I, I think I. I actually feel it was. It was obviously a silly red card. Because yeah. the first one was for time wasting, which is. is it, Criminal, really, and then the other one was for for flying in on a keeper. But I, I, I thought it was there to be one.
0: Doesn't need to follow through though. Uh, what have you both been in that well, situation? Well, you, you've been on you a yellow.
1: Once you commit, that? you can't put yeah. the brakes on mid air, can you? So no whose
0: responsibility is it once he's on that yellow? Because he had the ref had a little chat with him just before that as well, um, didn't he? Before the yeah. second yellow, it, should they have hoiked him by that stage?
2: Yeah, quite possibly. I, it's the accumulation of, of fouls. When I was watching it live, I thought that is never ever a, a yellow card yeah. in a million years because well, I was probably guilty of that type of challenge most most weeks and, and carded at, at times and, and otherwise you, they let it go. But I think it's the timing, isn't it? With a minute or two minutes to go, you've just got to be a little bit brighter than that with what's on the horizon. You've just got to put the brakes on and accept that um, the goalkeeper was going to come and take it, who, who, by the way, made one of the best saves I've seen this season from Rodriguez in the first half.
0: I don't know, do you do that looking at the yellow cards or you personally have a little look at that too? But there's a point at which... Either those on the bench have got to say, right, calm it down, have a word with him or bring him off or just maybe not rev him up a little bit more and off you go.
3: From the start of the second half, Gale looked like he was going to get carded very early on, whether it was a straight red or whether he was going to get a yellow or two yellows. He looked uh, after the the first... Yellow card, what was it, 50 minutes, time wasting after 50
1: minutes. So
0: if we're seeing that, then that's what I'm talking about. Maybe yeah. a coaching decision Yeah why right.
1: He's an inexperienced manager, isn't he? I've said it yeah. on, on this show many times before that I think it might backfire on them that they didn't go with someone more experienced. A little bit of trivia on uh, our friend, Mr. Jimmy Chan. Yeah. sports the moose, reliably informed me. And I thought he was winding me up. <laughs> I heard this. That his mum is called Jackie. Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Are
0: you and I sure? said
1: I said he's making it up.
0: This is a man that goes around with the top on that says the moose on it. Are you sure?
1: He phoned me up last night, two days on, to say... So, Jimmy did? No. (laughs) To say that he'd done his homework, he'd phoned up the club, done some digging, and he'd had it confirmed that Jimmy Shan's mum is called Jackie.
0: You'd probably love that as the club, wouldn't you? Because you're expecting all sorts. Who's the next manager going to be? What pressure (laughs) is he under? And instead you get... What's Jimmy Shan's mum called? Uh, well played, Ian Abrahams. Uh, how does this change things then? Gail, 24 goals. First West Brom player in a season since Kevin Phillips in 2007-2008 to score 24 in all comps, of course. They
1: might have to go a little bit more direct, I'd imagine. they have to change their tactics. I mean, he's he's got a distinct style, hasn't he? Or you could go with Rodriguez up top of his own. I don't know what you think going to happen.
2: Well, I think if you were going to take one player out of each team, which would be extremely detrimental it'd be Gale on one side and Grealish on the other so it's a disaster for them and with Robson Carnu missing as well Uh, he's got the young lad Edwards hasn't he who come on I think he scored at Brentford and Murphy's an option as well but realistically it's going to be a big ask I I think there'll be goals I think it'll be a really open game as it was at the Hawthorns when the two teams met so I don't think it's over but you have to make Aston Villa strong favourites now
1: and what was interesting was that Aston Villa played quite poorly and they still won so I'd back them to go through from here
0: Shan's talked about playing Rodriguez down the middle and whether he does that but it's about the supply then they get to him whether they miss that little bit of cover that he was maybe supplying at the weekend too. tactically you have to think initially he got it right then Dean Smith making the, the substitutions making the change as well there's there's a great bit of management
2: Yeah definitely and they didn't get much joy out wide I, I don't know what you felt Adrian but I think West Brom because they were so compact in the middle of the pitch they were almost forcing Villa wide but their three centre-halves dealt with everything that was slung in from Adoma and El Ghazi on the other side. So, yeah, definitely Hurahan coming on for for Whelan and Green as well, having a, a big impact in the game. But still had to rely on a wonder goal. Yeah. And a penalty, which, yes, today is a penalty. Ten years ago, I think we'd have been outraged because Jack Grealish plays for it it's sloppy from Kieran Gibbs but I still feel years it's gone poor. by years gone by it wouldn't have been a penalty oh, it's,
1: it's shocking from Gibbs I mean a player of his experience really? should not be diving in there mm. no no unless you're absolutely sure you're getting there first now that was that was outrageously bad from mm. a really good player
0: see there's the thing we've gone on about Gail going in maybe for a challenge that he shouldn't have done but mm. Gibbs then goes in for a challenge that you're right shouldn't have done either right odds who comes out of this one on top then
3: Aston Villa are odds on to qualify two to seven, West Brom five to two, and in 90 minutes, Villa are six to four, West Brom nine to five, and the draw twelve to five.
0: So Villa go into that one two-one up. Shall we go to our next game? But via the medium of song. <laughs> the spies are hidden away, just try not to worry, you'll beat us someday. We beat you at home, we beat you away. Stop crying, Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, for his part, responded, not in song. But as a Chelsea player, there was a rivalry always with Leeds, he began. We didn't play them that much because we were in the Premier League. Well played, Frank Lampard. 1-1 when it comes to the songs then. It's Leeds who are a goal up against Derby County, heading into that other semi-final. Controversy part two, overturned penalty in a chest butt.
2: Chest butt? Go on, remind me. There's been so much football.
0: There was a sending off. Clitch could have got sent
2: off after he appeared. To oh, I don't want to see that as a sending off. <laughs> I, I know Zidane headbutted Matarazzi a little bit more forcefully than that. He got um, a statue. Yeah, he got a statue outside the Pompidou centre. <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to see that as a sending off. I think the Derby players made far too much of that. He just grazed his head. The penalty, so inconclusive. I've watched it 20 times and I, I think it probably just about is a penalty because I think he just touches his calf before he gets a toe on the ball. So I think the referee's probably got it just about right. What's um, clouded it somewhat is the, the referee's assistant by by doing that. I don't think he could have been sure that it wasn't a penalty. So I think he's made an error in making that call but it, I got enormous sympathy for him watching I think it was Darren Bent and Keith Andrews they must have had every angle under the sun yeah. on Sky and they were on till about midnight and they couldn't <laughs> make their mind up still
1: going yeah I think Lampard nailed it he was honest and said it's, look, it's a debatable penalty absolutely it's debatable isn't it it's yeah. not clear but it wasn't a clear and obvious mistake either. No. The, the, the linesman had absolutely no right to overturn it. He was labelled human VAR, wasn't he, by Lampard, yeah. which I thought was good. And uh, he was wrong to do it. And I think we've seen it too often, actually, in recent weeks, interfering linesman, one of, one of my pet hates, actually, as a, as a player and now as someone that watches it. If they've got something that they've seen that no one else has, fine but this guy, he stuck his nose in where it wasn't needed.
0: He is called Eddie Smart, though, so <laughs> maybe maybe he was <laughs> allowed to. A name not very? <laughs> Craig Pawson overturned it, and this was 14 minutes ago. Harrison, a judge to have fouled. Bogle, uh, pff, there was an arm, possibly. Yeah. Uh, that was inconclusive, a foul. absolutely inconclusive. Did Leeds deserve it, though? Talk about them yeah. dominating possession, at least in the first half.
2: Yeah, I think so. I thought they did a, a really good job at... Um, stopping Derby's flow. They stopped them from playing through. And, and when Derby had to go a little bit longer, Nugent looked his, his age, unfortunately, at the weekend. And yeah. I said before the game that it could be about the strikers. Roof obviously coming back in, stepping up for, for Leeds and getting an important goal. He's
0: going to miss the second leg. He's going to miss the
2: second leg. Calf. But Waghorn missing for Derby, I think, it is big. Doesn't trust Marriott as a hold-up player. Mm. He sees him as an impact. And Nugent didn't give them that, that focal point. I thought a big moment actually was for sure going off for Leeds who I I like in this role because it gives them a bit more security with Calvin Phillips. Shackleton came on outstanding. I've not seen a great deal of him. I know he's made quite a, a few appearances but... His decision making on the ball, I thought, was first class. His weight of pass, he just kept them ticking over, and that was a concern for me. A young lad coming onto that atmosphere, that cauldron atmosphere. No, I thought Leeds
1: were outstanding. Yeah, Leeds fans love Shackleton. They've been screaming for Bielsa to use him more often, and he's I think we saw why. slow mo,
0: isn't he? And that's yeah. the you know he's processed everything before yeah. he plays the yeah, ball. Yeah,
1: very smart, smart young player. So and he added a bit of thrust to the team. I thought it was a very impressive performance. What what Leeds did, they made Derby. Look like what they are, and that's a team of kids, or a team, a half a team full of kids. Yeah. They looked a little bit, a little bit green. There's more street wiseness about about Leeds, and they just look superior, I thought, in most departments. So I would expect them now to go and get the job done, and I can't wait to hear that song. Being sung by the Ellen Road faithful,
0: I think you've got it's, you've so. got the voice
2: for it today. If, if you've I, yeah, I'm to a little go. bit
1: gravelly, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. But I can't get the Blimmin' song out of my head. It's annoying, but it's the chant of the season. Well done, Leeds. I, I
2: don't know if I'm nitpicking, but for, for the goal, you know, Holmes went and I made, thought you were going to nitpick about the chant. <laughs> No, no, no. yeah. I think they should change that lyric and the <laughs> harmony, um, major, not minor. You, you know, for the goal, Dwayne Holmes went and made a couple of big challenges, right? And I just think Lawrence went and made a foul straight after. I felt they just lost their discipline a little bit, got carried away with the emotion and then the shape was a little bit disjointed and that's where the the goal came from. I think sometimes that can, can happen to a degree because it had been a pretty flat match to yeah. that point, you're kind of sitting there and I'm. it's a playoff game. Come on, there's loads of animosity between the two clubs. Let's have a few tackles. And Derby just kind of players came out of their shape and Malone switched off for that, mm. that vital Great moment. Passer, I mean, Brilliant
1: pass. One of the best passes you could see, you know, all season. So. so, no, well played, Leeds.
0: I wonder if we'll see a bit more niggle then on Wednesday. Leeds, a goal up against Derby. No side has ever made the championship playoff final, having lost at home in the first leg roof out as we were saying advantage BL uh, how's this one going to go
1: I think comfy-ish home win
2: uh, yeah I got a fancy lead so I think the question was you know I suppose we've been wondering what they've been up to since mm-hmm. this little decline in their their form well whatever they've done whatever they've been working on seemed to pay off I thought they were, they were excellent and it's going to take a almighty effort from Derby to turn it around
1: now
0: On the issue of the, the younger players Frank Lampard said this is about them showing that they can handle pressure
1: that they, they can, can go ready. I'm fine with them handling it, but they've not bottled it sometimes there's just a difference in quality and I think Leeds are a superior team they have been for most of the season Derby have got match winners like your Wilsons but they've, they've not dominated teams like Leeds have this season
0: So then Joe Crilly from William Hill whose tune will we be singing to come the Wembley final?
3: We've already said Leeds look relatively comfortable. They are 1-9 to nine to qualify for the final. Derby 5-1 to one, uh, and the home side are actually odds on to win in 90 minutes as well, 7-10.
0: Joe Crilly, Sam Parkin and Adrian Clark on the Totally Football League show at the Totally Show for your thoughts. Hi-ho, hi-ho, into the league. Below we go.
4: Make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday Reloaded Coupon from William Hill. Available in all William Hill branches across the UK. With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply, you can find out more at williamhill.com and remember, when the fun stops, stop. Sunderland
0: won. Portsmouth Neil, Boy, oh boy, we love her sending off in the playoffs, don't we? Stunning goal. And then Stuart Donald looking for investment too. talky was leaving the club. He's not leaving the club, just wants more money. And this had a bit of everything in the run-up to it. But it does have a turning over of a red card. Where do you want to start either of you on this? Well,
1: it, it wasn't a red card. I think it was a bit harsh, wasn't it? Ozturk. Um, yeah, my mate, I always seem to mention Ozturk. I have said numerous times he's a bit of a liability and, and maybe that was proved on that, that tackle. But it, it wasn't a red and I, I'm glad it's been overturned from their point of view. I was a bit disappointed in Portsmouth. I didn't think they played brilliantly. There's definitely a lack of balance in their team. I I think they've got injuries, haven't they, over on the left side with the left back and that impacted their their sort of ability to get in behind Sunderland.
0: They couldn't get any shots off, could they? They just just looked
1: a bit toothless, didn't they, on the the night? Were they maybe a bit cautious, trying to make sure they stayed in the game? I'm not sure. But they'll look back on it and think, actually, we didn't play very well. 1-0 isn't the worst result in the world I don't think because it could easily have been Sunderland two or three really even though they weren't brilliant.
2: I would say they were only marginally better in the the league game towards the tail end of the season it was a I I think you're right Lowe and and Curtis and and Hawkins they need to do more they need to be more of a threat in in that second game I thought Sunderland edged it but I felt the goal was going to come from a set piece or something special and that's the way it, it played out in the end and I'll have to be careful because I'm not his biggest fan. Maguire? Partly because he's had run-ins with Nathan Thompson, who I know personally. And I was kind of rubbing my hands together on the bench when he was limbering up to come on because I know that they've got that animosity between them. But I think he just needs to concentrate on his football, Maguire, because he's a really talented player. Well, he's just... I was thinking about it this morning and he's like a Pepe or a Robbie Savage. And I... Listen, when I was playing, I wanted players to give everything and do everything to win and hate losing and all that. But I don't want people to try and get people sent off and try and antagonise people. It's just not for me, that. And I know the supporters love him. I think he's nicknamed the King up there. And I know the Oxford fans worship him as well because of some of his antics against Swindon. But it's just it's just not up my street, to be honest.
0: So you very much enjoyed his stunning volley to oh, make he's it Oh, he's
2: a talented boy. Yeah. He's a talented boy. I wish that he'd just it's obviously what gets him going. And, you know, I know we're going to come on and talk about James Norwood later and you can go and back and talk about Wayne Rooney. If you take that out of their game, they're not the same player. And, and maybe that's the way he needs to fire himself, Chris Maguire. But if he was on my, my team, I'd still be thinking, come on, mate.
0: Sometimes when it's nil-nil, no, actually, I was about to say, you just as fans sometimes want someone to be kicked up in the air. But clearly I don't want someone to be. But maybe you just want a little bit of bite put back in just to, you know,
1: get yeah, things going. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Sometimes that can happen. I mean, Savage he used, to, used to do that regularly, didn't he? What was up with the crowd, by the way? I mean, for me, that was as, as big a story as, as what happened on the pitch.
0: 26,610. Lowest of the season. 14,519 less than when they faced each other in
1: the league last month. Are Sunderland fans that down in the dumps?
0: I don't know, but that's what I mean about these weird stories coming out about Stuart Donald wanting to sell the club and then it was clarified that, that he doesn't, he just well, wants I, more I investment.
1: I know that... The, the, They've gone off of Jack Ross. A lot yeah. of a lot of the fans have, have sort of lost a little bit of faith in him tactically. Was it? They don't think he's been picking the right teams. Obviously, it's great frustration because they get the one goal and very rarely go on and get, get the second. So it look, I, I, it's that all surprises me. There's every chance, I guess, that they could get to Wembley, but yeah, the the mood at the stadium are light. It's a strange one.
0: At the totally show, Sunderland fans for for why. And if you are, going to the second leg, 1-0 up on that one. They lost McGeady to injury. And then hearing Jack Ross afterwards saying about he's been playing with a injection mm. and just couldn't get him through it. But actually, Gooch... Pretty much central then to, to how well Sunderland played.
2: He did really well. And, and there was options because he could have gone with Maguire from, from the off. But hasn't mm. um, McGee he had a, a fracture in his, his foot, which is seems incredible to be playing with. But yeah, the other, the other big moment was um, the McGivory save from the oh, Honeyman header. I mean, it was incredible. It drew gasps from my sofa. <laughs> Louise was away at the weekend, so I watched every game. Um, <laughs> so was it your safer just going, oh, get off? <laughs> well, to be honest, I was probably getting a bit drowsy at that stage of that game. Because again, I was like, come on, come on. When's yeah, this going to ignite? It wasn't great, was it? No. Uh,
1: but that was a brilliant save.
2: And I liked... Um, Don Goodman as well. I think it was Don Goodman on the referee. He was singing his praises and all of a sudden um, Evans goes through and Turks brings him down and then he's like, yeah, he's had one there. <laughs> Literally the same sentence.
0: Sunderland then a goal up Thursday this one. Do we see, I'll let you, Joe, have a, a little look for the odds, but do we see then Portsmouth just coming back and taking it? Well, their home
1: form hasn't been spectacular, has it, at Fratton Park? You'd imagine under the lights, sell out, cracking atmosphere, Get the ball into the front players who will be eager to obviously make amends. We saw with Norwood, didn't have a good game in the first leg for Tranmere, spectacular in the second. So maybe that will be the case for for the Pompey boys. Ronan Curtis, uh, I was reading about him and he he said that he's not knackered because he's played non-stop, hasn't he, for the last 18 Mm. months. He just says, I've lost a bit of confidence and and I think the same could probably be said for, for... for all of the front guys for for Portsmouth but they need to rediscover it I think it's all about starting fast isn't it in that second leg at Fratton Park getting the fans behind
0: them. Yeah, just got fine goals in that final third easier said than done and other clichés dropped in. Joe.
3: In the 90 minutes Portsmouth are 5 to 4 favourites to win. Uh, Sunderland 9 to 4 on the draw 11 to 5. However, in the qualify market Sunderland are clear favourites. Their odds on at 2 to 5, Portsmouth 7 to 4 slight discrepancy there the 7-4 about Portsmouth qualifying is not a bad price at all in my opinion
0: Doncaster Rovers won. Charlton Athletics someone picked them for the final and to go all the way 2 did someone say Lyle Taylor is a god who said that so Taylor's header put the addicts in front then he set up the second Matty Blair messy goal on 87 minutes to give Doncaster some hope
2: I felt it was really reminiscent of the Charlton Shrewsbury game from the playoffs last year, where Charlton started ever so well. In this case it was Doncaster, didn't get the goal and then caught with a a couple of sucker punches. Um mm. which the second one Morosi will obviously be bitterly disappointed about, the Uribo one that, that snuck under him. But I felt that Lee Boyer got his tactics spot on because we've we've waxed lyrically not only about Luton's Diamond, but about Charlton's Diamond and their midfield. So to play the three at the back Sar on the left-hand side, I think, was probably to counteract the threat of Wilkes, who I think in the games has really shone uh, against Charlton. So tactically, having wing-backs as well, I felt that they, they got it spot on. Disappointed they will, they will be naturally about the goal they conceded, but you just look at the home record and that's a long way back for Doncaster. 17 games unbeaten, I think it's 13 wins, 4 draws and the last defeat... Coventry in October but yeah. in any competition just to give you some balance Doncaster in the FA Cup so turn of the year not out of it mm.
0: disappointment then to concede late on uh, Doncaster pretty much actually like we were saying over the, the last game if they just find that that cutting edge
1: yeah it, it, they were out of class for long periods of this game I think Charlton out of the four playoff sides look the look the most accomplished. Do we yeah. agree on that? I think so. Um I was really impressed. So they'll, they'll be devastated well not devastated, a little bit choked to concede that late goal. But um yeah, Doncaster, I just think they they fell short. Yeah, I like Wilkes. Obviously Marquis is a is a top striker, but they couldn't he couldn't get too much service. Uh, well marshaled, wasn't he, by that back three? I, I agree with Sam completely on Bowyer. It's quite bold, isn't it, to do that in a playoff semi-final, Definitely. the big, the biggest match of the season, and you've got your ses- your set up. It's working perfectly well. Yet you can see the bigger picture, and you can you've got faith in your players to listen to your instructions and to carry out different instructions. I think that is outstanding from Bowyer and Jackson, and uh, even then they they pushed um Blinked back into midfield, didn't they, in the second half? Smart management. So uh, well played, Charlton and and Arebo. I think has finished the season fantastically, hasn't he? As a as a foil for Taylor, and, and and with the departure of Grant, we were we worried, didn't we? Would it be all on Taylor? Well, Arebo's lend a hand, hasn't he? That,
2: that's the that's the point I wanted to, to say. Um, Parker got injured, so the the, the options up front are d- diminishing. But he brought on Pierce, who could go into central defence, and just to shore things up further. Bielik went into midfield so they lost someone who could be a little bit more dynamic in midfield to another shield. So having done that, just to see the 2-0 out, they'll be, I think they'll be internally really disappointed. But they didn't show it. No. The celebration from the Charlton players, staff and the fans suggested that you know, for them was an enormous result to get away from there just with a victory.
0: I know we said over the points difference, this is kind of what we expected anyway with them going through to the, we think we'll go through to the final. But again, as we said last week, maybe the week, keep repeating just how well they're doing on the pitch given everything that's happening off it. Joe probably hasn't shifted anything, has it?
3: Uh, No, Charlton are favourites to, to win this one. I've received a couple of texts actually this week from a few of my Charlton supporting mates who have said that they're heading back to the Valley for this game for the first time in a good couple of years so i think there may be a bumper crowd there potentially getting up towards 20,000 obviously with the fans having stayed away because of the the way that the club's been run over the last few years so uh, i think there there could be a, a good number of charlton fans at uh, cheering home a victory they are 19 to 20 to win so just a shade of odds on to win in 90 minutes and one to seven to qualify but will they rue that late goal Doncaster four
1: to one to qualify
0: I don't begrudge the fans going back to watch it I know seemingly nothing really has has changed yet
1: well they've got a team to be proud of haven't they and uh yeah they've made their statement haven't they but but this group of players I think deserve the all the support they can get Final on
0: the 26th of May then for that one. Off to League Two, where my pick, Newport County, are already Wembley bound. Who else is a genius then? We'll find out. Hi, I'm Kate Borsay, host of The Offside Rule. And in our latest edition, we sent Lindsay Hooper off to West Ham to speak with defender Pablo Zabaleta. He told us all about playing under Maradona, West Ham's season and how they can achieve success. Plus, there's memories of his time in Manchester, including that fateful afternoon against QPR in 2012.
3: When QPR equalized the game and then they scored a second goal, I thought, oh my God, I don't score many goals uh, during (laughs) the season. That was my first one in probably the best Game in the end, which is we needed uh, Seco and Nowera to the rescue.
0: To listen to the whole interview, just search for the offside rule in your podcasting app of choice and hit subscribe and download. That's the offside rule with me, Kate Borsay, out every Friday morning. The League Two playoffs, where it's not all about Mike Dean, but. Might as well be. He might have you believe otherwise. This is what we know. It's Newport against Tranmere for League One status. Newport threw 5-3 on penalties against Mansfield. 1-1 first leg, 0-0 second. That was tight. And then Tranmere in the last 24 hours going through. 2-1 on aggregate. And Mike Dean bouncing celebrity referee is a Tranmere fan. Uh, Should we start with the Newport one? brilliant for the neutral.
1: Yeah, I was there. I was commentating on the game and it was a, one of the best nil nilers I've ever seen. It, it was remarkable. And chances are plenty Newport were sensational I thought in the first half. They absolutely bossed Mansfield. Should have been 3-0 up. Hit the bar, ever, did everything but they were just aggressive and everything they did. They tactically, I think they they, they got the better of, of Flickcroft. But then to give them credit Mansfield regrouped. They changed their system, pushed CJ Hamilton further forward. And and it was from there on in. It was end to end, and and both the goalkeepers were sensational. And uh, yeah, there was a number of standout players we'll get to, but but yeah, Newport, I think, did deserve it, even though it was the closest of games.
0: Number one standout player, the 1100 from Newport who were singing and dancing, and making sure that it was a proper old atmosphere.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a really entertaining fair, wasn't it? Better than some of the other uh, games that were served up at the weekend, and. Yeah, I think that point Adrian just made the um, the switch by by Mansfield to counteract um, Newport in the first half. Sometimes, yes, the attacking players have got to create and, and got to get shots, but also Newport were getting it into Jamil Matt in particular too, too easily. So the old uh, front players are your first line of defence, so they need to kind of stop that ball into, into Matt, but... You know, they're two good centre-forwards that Newport have got. And that's mm-hmm. why when you w- we look ahead to the final in a minute, they're, they're always going to have a chance when you combine that with the spirit and the fact that they're always in every game. They never get turned over two, three, four nil. They're always in every game. And that's because they're organised. They're brilliant at the restarts. And they're brilliant at the set-pieces. I think five goals oh. from the throw-ins they've got this season, what? which is and incredible. The throw-in
1: is a set-piece for yeah. Newport County. I mean, Demetriu's uh, missiles are incredible and they've got the weapons what I will say is that Tranmere have got the centre-halves haven't they to, yeah. to handle that they've got some big guys that are good in the air so that might be a little bit negated at Wembley but yeah they're, they're just tough Newport Sheehan was the player that really impressed me in midfield. I thought he was busy and creative. Gets a bit overlooked because they're so strong at the back, so strong up top. No one really talks about the Newport engine room, but he linked it together. He won every single second ball and kept things ticking over. So he's a guy I think might thrive on the big pitch at Wembley. So uh, watch out for him.
0: A couple of other mentions. Joe Day saving uh, Tyler Walker's penalty, counting putting all five away. And uh, they had nowhere to train or thought they had nowhere to train ahead of the playoff final at Wembley. But Cardiff have saved them and they're going to go and train there as well Uh, Mike Flynn saying afterwards uh, we should have gone three or four up at first half second half they came back into a a little bit extra time was just like a basketball game end to end that's why it was so enjoyable shall we save your voice and go Forest Green Rovers next because you were at this one Sam weren't you FGR 1-1 2-1 on aggregate then Tranmere and Mike Dean bouncing Mickey Mellon's men celebrating a third playoff semi-final victory in as many seasons
1: we
2: started with Mike Dean or the game?
0: <laughs> what do you think he'd like? <sighs> Mike Dean's
2: jeans. Yeah, no, I thought Tranmere deserved it, definitely, um, <laughs> over the two games. And Forest Green will feel hard done by. I think they can feel hard done by the second game because I thought Winchester's two bookings were very soft. There was actually a few... Really tough challenges that went unpunished. All of a sudden, he gets his first yellow and the second one. He's playing in a slightly unnatural position in the second half. He's gone a bit deeper alongside um, the, the holding midfield player and, and Brown has, has gone and played as a number 10. So I think his position on the pitch where he got uh, dispossessed by, by Norwood There's a little foul there, but I think the centre-forward does well just to put the brakes on, put his arm into the chest of Winchester and goes over. So I can understand why Mark Cooper was upset last night. The first game, however, you know, gunning, you know, we only look back to 1998, what David Beckham did. You need to learn that you, you cannot react in that fashion. And explain unfortunately, what,
0: explain what he did. Gavin Gunning um, shown a, a straight red, and that meant that, that Trammere had the extra man advantage for about a hundred minutes. Yeah, over well, these two, he flashed out,
1: didn't he? It was a little tumbling over, and he just kicked up a little donkey kick, wasn't it? It was, it was absolutely stupid. I, I completely agree with Sam on this one. The second leg wasn't a foul. I didn't think it was a foul. I thought the striker puts his arm in, and then then there's the collision.
2: Yeah, so. but, but but I mean, across the piece though, you look at it and. Yes, they were down to 10 men, but last night for an hour, they had a real lack of creativity. That's why he moved Brown towards Doige in, in the second half, but they ha- hardly laid a glove on Tranmere. And we kept saying it during the commentary, streetwise, Tranmere. Not... Loads of technically good players, but players that know the game. Loads of rotation, though, in the midfield. Banks plays as a number four, but he's not regimented to that. Perkins was up and down despite his um, his ageing legs. And Harris went and played in and around Norwood for, for times last year. So I just felt that the whole balance of their team were, were, was fantastic. And as Adrian said, they got two centre halves who just completely stopped Deutsch from having any, any impact on the game. So they head they it, they kick it, they're strong. I thought they were very impressive in, in the last
1: final. Night. I think it'd be in Tranmere's interest to to play through the lines and get those that midfield three to dominate the game. I really, was, I thought well, they it? were excellent. Yeah, um, Harris, Perkins, Banks, and Josh Sheehan's excellent for Newport, but that's not their key strengths. No, so that I think could give Tranmere an advantage. Newport will try and miss that. You now,
0: Norwood uh, with the old finger to the lips scoring against his old club. Who comes out on top, of Wembley? Then, Joe.
3: Tranmere are favourites to win this one, which you and. Adrian I think both went for Newport uh, won't be too happy to hear but well, it um, is has
0: it been played yet
3: uh, we've well we well got to praise Norwood <laughs> before we move on
0: <laughs> alright sorry before we have this argument <laughs> go on then Sam
2: no I just thought uh, he got it wrong in the first game because he's obviously got beef with Forest Green you got to channel your aggression in the, in the right way but last night that was watching that Yeah. I didn't do that many times but I was like that is a proper centre forwards performance a pest chase lost causes He's aggressive. Those centre-halves would have gone home last night and had bruises all over their legs. Yeah. They'd have been tired because he ran them all over that pitch. And, he, and his goal is just pure confidence, pure instinct. He's a top player. He's going to be playing at a high level Newport next season. Newport got
1: lucky because Tyler Walker had a real off night at uh, Field Mill and he was the villain of the piece in the end with a missed penalty. I don't think if they allow Norwood the same chances, I don't think he'll fluff his line to Wembley.
0: think he'll be the difference.
1: I, I think that's why they're, fa- why why they're favourites is mm. purely because of James Norwood. I think there's not much to choose between the teams, but he's the difference.
2: And they don't concede many, and they're solid, as we were just talking about. So, yeah, yeah th- th- those
3: um, ingredients together.
0: Croaky and ropey uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, interrupted you, yeah, Joe. Sorry,
3: Joe. Uh, yeah, Norwood is the difference more Good. or less it is it is quite tight across the uh, across the betting to lift the trophy newport just a shade above evens at 11 to 10 trammer just a shade below at four to six And in 90 minutes again very close two to one newport 13 to 10 trammer the draw 21 to 10 i'd be tempted to put a couple of quid on uh, the 90 minute draw and for this to go to extra time
0: we have more to talk about just wanted to talk about berry there was um, a great interview with bbc wm i don't know if any of you have heard it with uh, Nicky Adams talking about how difficult it's been at, at Bury and how they didn't talk about what was going on financially at the club because they just wanted to see it through and get promotion. And then we're hearing in the last half hour or so that Ryan Lowe has been given permission to talk to Plymouth Argyle. And that's BBC Radio Manchester saying that the Bury boss has been g- given permission then. Pff, given what has gone on off the pitch at uh, Bury, Ryan Lowe, uh, good move to Plymouth. Within
1: his rights, think, isn't he? If... Um... Yeah, the situation is as bad as we're led to believe financially, mm. and that that it's been a bit of a he's had to manage a lot of things off the pitch as well as on it. You couldn't blame him for walking away. The Plymouth job is a cracking job, isn't it? In League Two, not going to get many many better opportunities down there in the southwest. Nice place to to live as well. So no, I, I, I can understand it. It'd be a blow for Berry. and uh, I would imagine it might affect their odds moving forward because Ryan Lowe had a you know had a terrific record with the team.
0: Couple of other things. Scunthorpe naming Paul Hurst as their new manager and Daryl Clark to Walsall. Any comments from anyone?
2: I just think two, two managers who wholeheartedly deserve another opportunity. Be interested to see what club Paul Hurst raids this time to bring some some bodies in, but yeah, and no, I think that's a that's a really good fit and a really big fan of Darrell Clark as well. I think he did a fantastic job. You you just have to look at the amount of time he was at Bristol Rovers. You yeah. know, this day and age in the EFL, and he left with everyone's best wishes as well. So a coach that's learned his both coaches who've learned through the non-league pyramid and um, got their opportunity in the league and they've done sterling jobs at their club so I think both good appointments.
0: Yeah Hurst said to Sky looking forward to getting started we'll look at next season positively hopefully put smiles back on people's faces hopefully we'll be challenging at the top end of the table and one other thing transfer deadline for league one and two will be extended in September so, teams in the third and fourth tiers have until five o'clock on Monday, the 2nd of September, to register permanent or loan deals. Championship clubs must still complete their transfer business by the same time on Thursday, the 8th of August, before the Premier League season starts. So, that's to stop and aid the. If you're still following <laughs> Sam's doing the old cross side, but it's to help clubs that may have had other players taken off them mm. to then go and try and find someone else.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to work it out myself. It's, it's a bit confusing, but if it helps these smaller clubs, it's all good. Yeah, all good. But, but yeah, it's it's unusual, isn't it, to, to be allowed to do that. So, um, yeah, i be interested to see what the reaction is from, from other clubs.
0: I feel I've just lost you, Sam. No, no. You're I... back on that sofa.
1: I'm with Adrian. I think the pre-season now for the Premier League
2: clubs, they go away and yeah. they'll take all the young lads and, you know, you need to give the teams in... League one and two a little bit longer to see who's available.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a really good good point. What they do, they go on these tours, they get they, they get the little taste for first team football, and then it suddenly dawns on them late August that they're, you know, seventh in line for each position, these young players, so then then they need to be to be getting out there. So no, I think it's actually quite a sensible decision. Gotta blood
0: them in. A little bit of love for that then, we'll take it. Anything else, Joe, you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, I, I saw this
3: morning a Twitter thread from Andy Holt. Accrington, Stanley halt chairman.
0: stop, Hold! stop, go on.
3: Obviously very active on social media, but it's essentially uh, an evisceration of the EFL and the way in which clubs are governed. And he said that he recognises he's probably going to get a bit of a fine for it, but he's he's left no holds barred. He's saved up for it, has he? Uh, yeah, he has indeed. I'm not going to read it all because it's absolutely brilliant. You need to check it out yourselves. But he refers to a kids an analogy that he uses he refers to the clubs as children and the chairman and the people who govern the game as parents and he said it's up to parents to ensure there's a bright future for the kids that's our job as parents so as well as looking after the health of our club I have to look at the health of football and it's shocking and then he goes on to say football is in a worse state than uh, Accrington Stanley ever was and of course he saved them from going to the wall uh, for what would have been the second time and then he goes on to mention Bolton, Berry Macclesfield, Reading, Southend, Oldham, Knox County, Blackpool, and in each tweet he mentions he ats EFL.
1: Yeah, well, the EFL have always been at pains to say that we're competition organisers, haven't they? That's that's what they say they are. But as competition organisers, do they have the responsibility for the greater good and and uh, and for the you know getting the right people in place and for the right regulations? I think they do, really.
0: I was just zoning out for a bit, trying to remember the full lyrics to Whitney Houston's song, um, I Believe the Children Are Our Future, with you doing the the tweets over the top as Andy Holt. I'll play the role of Whitney, and we'll bring that back next week. George Benson's
2: better, isn't it? Is it? (laughs) Of course it is. Really? Is it George Benson?
0: How can you say that anyone is better than Whitney when it comes to the greatest love of all? Original, isn't it? Yeah. George Benson I saw with some dancing waters at the Champs was spectacular. There you go. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your contributions today. We'll be back next week for a full Wembley preview at The Totally Show. Goodbye.
4: You've been listening to The Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audioboom and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life, really, and here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day.